The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmilzer. And, you know, the topic for today's podcast is really interesting because I have to say, again, we are so thrilled that our podcast listeners are responding to us when we say, please tell us about uh, the topics of interest for you. We want to continue to make the AI Today podcast valuable and useful to you. And you're doing a great job. I know some of you are shy. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to talk about some problems and issues you're having you know, in your in your real world environment. But, you know, it's useful for us to hear that because we are all about AI today. You know, maybe in the future, just a little foreshadowing, we may we may expand and become more about AI and data today and maybe talk more about AI and data from the perspective of project managers. We're definitely doing that. I mean, you may have heard us <laughs> doing more of that anyways on this podcast. Will that necessitate a, a podcast title change? I don't know. But for now, you know, we are definitely focused on AI today. And in order for us to keep focusing on it, we need to hear from you today. You know, so uh, after this, you may be inspired to tell us about something else that we haven't covered that you would really most like us to to cover in future AI Today podcast episodes. Exactly. But yes, thank you to everybody that's reached out. Please continue to reach out. Give us feedback on, on episodes that you like, topics you'd like us to dig more into. You can email us at info at cognolytica.com. That's I-N-F-O at C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com. Or just go to our website and there's some forms, some contact forms that you can fill out there to get in touch with us. So we heard from many podcast listeners about the topic of AI and the cloud. What does it mean? Does it matter? Why is it important? So we want to spend some time on today's podcast to discuss this. And in case this is your first time to AI Today, welcome, and we're so happy that you found our podcast. We have been around now for about five years, and we have focused on a number of different topics. So we did a very popular AI failure series. We've done AI use case series. We recently wrapped up uh, AI and automation series with your automation to intelligence journey. And we are revisiting some of the reasons for AI project failures. Lots of people talk about success, but they don't necessarily talk about failure. So if you're interested in uh, being notified of all of our upcoming episodes, make sure to subscribe to AI Today and you will get notified of that. But as I mentioned today, we really want to focus around the topic of AI in the cloud. Yeah, and this comes from some really interesting conversations we've had, a lot of which has really not as much to do with some of the the technological issues, but some of the organizational and change management issues, which honestly are some of the harder problems. You know, changing culture is, is <laughs> yeah. a lot harder than buying some new software. So we understand it. There's a lot of, especially since the topic of the cloud is one of those, you know, relatively newer conversations, even though the cloud's been around for like 15, 20 years now, um, you know, getting into 20 years, it's still one of those things that it's, it's part of a major transition in the way that organizations run their technology. So first, I think for many folks, you know, even even though maybe you understand what the cloud is, we're going to start with uh, some, some fundamental understanding of the cloud because it's important to have 
a, a definition of what we mean when we talk about the cloud. So we're not unambiguous. You know, there, and there's really two sides to the cloud coin. There's like the technical part of what is the cloud and how does it work? And then there's the economic part, which is sort of what does the cloud really mean in terms of a change in the way that we, we run our businesses? Basically, it's kind of more the economical part of it. From a technology side, the, the at the core, you know, where the cloud came from was, of course, from the internet. You know, when the before the internet, we only had local networks, we only had desktop machines, and we had server. If we did have servers, it was connected on our local network, and those local networks didn't really exist outside of our office and maybe a bunch of interconnected offices if they were really sophisticated. But of course, the internet brought up the idea that we could have this sort of globally interconnected network of machines, and so. It became it started to matter less and less as to whether or not the soft the the hardware that I was using and the software that I was using was physically on my premises, which is sort of the opposite of the cloud is like literally sitting in my closet or in a data center somewhere, usually a data center. Uh, but if you're a dentist's office, it would be probably a closet or a back office somewhere where you'd have a server rack or whatever. And so the idea was that we could rent, instead of owning these uh, pieces of hardware and software, we could rent them from uh, more sophisticated internet companies who would be more than happy to lease them to us. And so we actually have this idea of as a service, which is moving away from owned to renting, basically leasing these things as a service. And, you know, at the beginning, it was just pure, the infrastructure part, which is I'll give you storage, basically hard drives that you can access and things like that and computing capability, servers, actual servers, right? And then you could put whatever you want on them. You could put your operating system, you could put a web server, you could put some streaming video thing, whatever, just some custom thing, some wacky you know, operating system that only you have invented, whatever. You could put whatever you want on those servers, right? And then as people started using them, they said, well, hey, if I can lease that hardware, maybe I'll put something more on there. Maybe, maybe I will lease from you a pre-configured software like database systems or, you know, uh, like really like, you know, environments to like uh, run code like Python and other things or environments that I can I can build other applications. And this became the idea of as a platform as a service where it was pre-configured, pre-optimized software, fully paid up licenses, already integrated pre-configured all this sort of stuff and I just kind of lease that and build that stuff. And of course, the ultimate extension of this is something that many people are very familiar with, which is software as a service, which is the whole application being hosted online. And I'm literally just paying a monthly fee for some graphics application or, or finance or what, literally tons of stuff, right? And that's really this idea of like scalable, flexible, and kind of location neutral, independent stuff where I could just lease it. And that's the technical definition of the cloud, right? But there's more to it. Exactly. Right. And we wanted to frame that to make sure in case some of our listeners weren't necessarily familiar with the cloud, now you have a baseline understanding and also where we're going to go from here. So at a technical definition, that's what we mean when we refer to the cloud. But there's a big other portion of the cloud that we want to talk about, and that's the economic definition as well. You know, why, yes, from a technical standpoint, we've shared why maybe a company would want to go on the cloud, but there's also a big economic reason to go on the cloud as well. So what we say is it's, you know, someone else's servers, so someone else's problems. We like to think of this as renting versus owning a house, for example. So if you own a home, then you know that there's 
you know, you're going to have a fixed cost with your mortgage every month, but then there's a lot of uh, unknown costs, such as maybe needing a new roof or an HVAC system or your toilet breaks, or you have a leak and you need to get that repaired. You know, a storm came and hit your gutter and now you need to you need to have someone come out to replace that. So there's all those variable costs. When you're renting, it's fixed costs. So you understand how much it's going to cost. You know, your, your rent is $2,000 a month and it's going to stay $2,000 a month uh, for the term of your lease. So you know how much it costs. There can be a lot of benefit to having that fixed cost and understanding. Think about this from a cloud perspective as well. If you're renting the cloud versus owning, you know, on-premise, the on-premise can have a lot more variable costs and the the cloud will have more of those fixed costs that can help you budget better. Yeah. But of course, even with the with the cloud, you can scale up and scale down. So you might think, okay, well, my cloud costs are variable. I can add more servers or I can add more applications, more seats, which is true. But here's all the things you don't have to worry about. You don't have to buy and own your own hardware. So I got to, if I'm owning it, I got to have my data center. I have to have my servers. I have to have them in there. I have to deal with cooling costs and power costs. I have to deal with my networking costs. I also deal with the cost of people. I need people to manage them. I need my server administrators. I need my IT people to keep them always running. I have to deal with backup. I have to also deal with the fact that I got it. If I need to scale in the cloud, I just buy more units or whatever I need, storage, compute, software, whatever I need. But if I need to scale and I own it, I have to physically scale. Like I got to, you know, maybe I need to build into the server rack. I got to get more power. I got to get more networking. I have to deal with all this sort of stuff, reconfigure the backup, right? So owning it, you know, it, it likens it to this, this idea of the iceberg, which is like in, when you own something, you know, all you're seeing is the tip of the iceberg, maybe your initial cost, but, but the rest of that iceberg is pretty deep. All the hardware you need, the IT personnel, the ongoing maintenance, the training. And then I security is my headache. I have to deal with the fact of, if, if, if I have downtime, I have to deal with that. If I have issues of accessibility and privacy and, and protecting things, these are all my concerns, right? if I own them on premise. So it is very attractive. It's like a very compelling benefit to say, not just from this idea of you know, having all these upfront capital costs. So investing in all this hardware and software and licenses and all this sort of stuff, right? And and you know, but I'm and I'm going to shift all that to operational costs, which is okay. Now I can, you know, even even if I have like a fixed monthly fee, even if that fixed monthly fee is variable, right? So that's what we mean by by fixed. Like the actual fee is fixed, but like it might be variable. You know, it, you know, it's very attractive to basically just like for many folks, if you're, you know, if you're going to live in the same house for 20, 30 years then it, it makes sense to own it because you'll be in there, you'll invest in your community, you'll you'll be part of all this. But if you're moving around constantly, this is the variability part, it doesn't make sense to own. You could be renting every, you know, you could change location. You don't have to deal with like landscaping, <laughs> deal with any of that sort of other people's servers, other people's problems, right? So like the real economic argument of the cloud was moving from this pay upfront capital cost thing where you know I have these upfront costs with maybe some unknown continuing costs to a pay as you go model right which which gave me more flexibility and less things for me to worry about and I didn't have to maintain a whole IT team and all this sort of stuff so people I could totally it was a very compelling argument. Even if you say, I'm not technically gaining anything, right? It's still the same software, still the same stuff. It's just somewhere else. The economic argument is a very powerful one. Now, uh, it's important to understand a little bit here that that there is a trade-off, right? 
one, we're, we are we are trading off short-term costs versus long-term costs. Over the long-term, the cloud may be more expensive than an on-premise solution. Uh, just like renting for 30, 40 years will probably be more expensive than owning in a, if you don't move, right? If you're staying at the same place, right? But what we're doing is really trading, the whole cloud argument is we're trading off convenience and flexibility, which is the not having to worry about stuff and the flexibility to scale things up and scale things down with the, the guarantee, right? Which is basically if I own it, at least I, I own it and I have a guarantee that I own it, right? There's this analogy of like, do you even need to own a car these days? And you have to actually do that trade-off, right? Exactly. And that's, uh, you know, we we like to put it in terms that many people can relate to. So if you own a car versus always, uh, you know, getting an Uber or a taxi wherever you need to go, depending on, on where you live and what's available, what's the trade-off cost? Well, think about that with the cloud as well. So owning that versus renting it or, you know, getting it on demand. Um, and that's something that, you at your organization need to think about and do what's right for the organization, uh, but make sure that you are having these discussions. Yeah. So of course this question is like, well, what does AI have to do with any of this? And the answer is nothing. <laughs> That's the fastest. I mean, like, honestly, this is kind of the weird part of the conversation, which is like, okay, we're having a discussion about owning and renting technology infrastructure and the costs and shifting the operational costs and, and doing all this sort of stuff and not having to worry about all this infrastructure and hiring. So what does it do with AI? The answer is it doesn't have anything to do with AI. You know, it, AI has as much to do with the cloud as it has to do with your phone or a laptop or a robot. In which, and the answer is it has nothing to do with it and everything to do with it. Meaning, yeah. like, it's not, it, AI is not about where things are at and who owns that infrastructure, but it's about putting the, you know, it's about the data and the model, right? Which we're going to spend a lot of time talking about, which is where's the data and where's the model? Sometimes it needs to be in the cloud. Sometimes it needs to be somewhere else. And it really comes down to understanding where you should put these things in order for this to, to make sense. So let, let's dive a little bit more deeply and talk about where AI makes sense in the cloud and where it doesn't. Exactly. And that's what we really wanted to bring up. You know, it's not all or nothing. You can have this hybrid approach. So we wanted to break it down a little bit further and say, what does this mean? Because when we talk about AI, we say it really is all about the data. So make sure that you are understanding that, uh, especially with, you know, framing that in your mind as you're going into these discussions. So first we can say, all right, well, maybe your data is stored in the cloud. Now let's break that down one step farther. What exactly do we mean by data? Is it our training data that's in the cloud? Is it our inference data that's in the cloud? Maybe do we have additional data that we somehow need to get and that's in the cloud? Could it be third-party data? Could it be uh, data that we haven't yet used for, for training, but maybe we want to? It's in, in you know different areas within our organization. So we can have data in the cloud. Now, what we always say, I mean, you know that we are big proponents of best practices methodologies. And in the CPMAI methodology, the Cognitive Project Management for AI, phase two is data understanding. In that phase, we need to be asking these specific questions and say, where is the training data? Where's the inference data? Where's it, like, do I need, do I need additional data? If so, where is that? Think about all of that in this phase so that you can go into your project with the knowledge that you need to get the data, uh, you know, and have it in the locations that you need to move forward to be successful with your AI project. 
Right. And so in CPMAI methodology, we'll ask these questions of where's the training data, the inference data, and the additional data. And that'll help actually guide kind of the technology requirements. It's funny. You don't let IT guide you and say, well, everything's in the cloud. And then you have to sort of work your way around it. You guide IT and say, I am building a facial recognition application. All the training data is in the cloud because maybe that's where it is. Okay. So that means I need to I might even need to train my model in the cloud. I'm not, this will come later in discussion. Do I bring everything, all this data down locally to train and then push it back up? That's probably not going to make sense for for uh, cost and also security reasons, right? But then you could also flip it around and say, well, maybe I train my data locally because all because I'm using medical imaging data and all my medical imaging data is stored on my local servers. And for me to move that data to the, to the cloud doesn't make sense. So maybe I'm using that for local training or maybe even using it for local inference. You know, for example, example, uh, check scanning, you know, when you're when you're taking a photo of your check and it's automatically determining the deposit data, you're not doing inference in the cloud because that would be extremely slow to push an image every millisecond to the cloud and have the cloud basically try to take it apart. The inference is happening on your phone, people, right? But the training data is probably in the cloud. This is kind of where you start separating these things. And by being a knowledgeable person certified in CPMAI, you have the strength and knowledge to go back to your team and say, I will tell you where the training data needs to be. I will tell you where the inference data needs to be. And they can come back and they can push back and say, well, here are some reasons why maybe you might not want to do it, but then you can come back and say, well, I could tell you the practical reasons why that might happen. So this is part, this is why the cloud is relevant to CPMAI. For those of you who are certified, you know that you would do this as part of phase two and you would be in control of your project and you wouldn't let IT be in control of your project. We'll get into that in a little bit uh, next, but we can keep going. This It's more than just phase two. <laughs> exactly. And so the next reason that, you know, maybe uh, what are you doing in the cloud? Well, you can be doing data engineering and data preparation in the cloud. And when in here, you need to say, well, what else do you need to do with the data to get it ready for that training or inference? In here, this is going to be phase three of CPMAI. So yes, you can do your data engineering and data preparation in the cloud. Understand what that means, why you would want to do that, um, and uh, you know what it means versus on-prem versus on the cloud. Uh, but make sure that you are asking these questions and understanding really what it is. And that's why we're trying to break it down into different reasons why, you know, maybe part of this would be in the cloud and part of it may not be. Yeah. And in phase three, what we're doing with data preparation is that in order for the model to work, you need garbage in is garbage out, right? As always is the case. And you, and even if you've, you've trained the, the model with really good quality data, if in production and inference you're feeding with, with junk data, it's not going to perform very well. Yeah, I think the check scanning is, is, a, is a good argument, uh, example here where it's like, you know, maybe, you know, I've spent, I've trained all this data with like millions of check images, right? So it's a really good model. But like when I'm, when, when somebody's using their personal phone and it's a potato phone with a really crappy camera with bad lighting, and and they're too close or whatever <laughs> whatever the situation is it's a check that you know uh, one of the grandparents wrote with their not so great handwriting where do i i need to clean that up otherwise it's going to fail 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 and the poor person will be very frustrated so do i do that engineering in the cloud do i got to push that up to the cloud and let the cloud do the verification or do i do that data engineering on the phone right edge device right again you don't let it tell you this you don't. 
you tell IT what needs to happen because you are the AI project manager. You know how to do this right because you've gone through CPMI certification and that gives you the, the, the confidence. Now, there may be a negotiation. We'll get into that negotiation. But again, who's in charge of the AI project? Well, it's the AI project manager. So let's let's keep going. Right. So the next uh, area to bring up is model training in the cloud. So this is phase four of CPMAI, uh, you know, that, that model training. And uh, I mean, if your data is in the cloud, then maybe you'll say, okay, you know what? I need to train my data in the cloud. We talked about... Uh, you know, unlocking your phone. Well, maybe you want to train that data in the cloud. Maybe you need GPUs. You don't want to manage that on-prem. They can be incredibly expensive. They are on the cloud too, but you don't need to own and manage it. So you're just, you know, renting the use of that. Um, so you're like, all right, I'm going to train my my model in the cloud, but when I need to use the use my model, maybe I won't keep it in the cloud, but I want to train it in the cloud. So we need to be talking about cloud environments there. Yeah. I mean, GPUs are very expensive. There's actually a chip shortage going on right now. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to go out there and buy GPUs to train a deep learning model, you might actually find yourself, well, it might delay your project. It might impact your project budget. This goes down to your AI project needs to be successful. Hey, listen to our failure series. Common reason for AI failure is, of course, vendor-related issues. And this is one of those things. Depending on availability of GPUs, why did your AI project fail? Can you imagine going back to your boss? Man, we want to do this recognition system. Why? This is three months later. I was like, oh, well, we're still waiting on GPUs. You know, you can probably say, well, why don't we just do this in the cloud then, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? This is an argument for the cloud, right? Because it's like you don't need to, it's somebody else's computer, somebody else's problems, right? You may be paying incrementally more for it, but like a three month difference is a pretty big ass difference. Free right? at least, right? I mean, you know, because you got to think about there's time to, uh, that we we always talk about ROI that return on investment. What how long is three months of downtime? Not even to get started in the project, just to delay. Mm-hmm. So these are really important when you're when you're in CPMAI. These are questions that you ask ahead of time and address ahead mm-hmm. of time, so that you don't get all the way into you know phase four and go oh, oops. We don't have access to GPUs. <laughs> yeah, we gotta buy. We gotta buy this. It's gonna be at least three months. And you're like, oh, oops. All right. Well, I guess let's just let's just place the order and wait until it comes in. <laughs> now, 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 one of the great things about CPMI methodology is it's iterative. So let's just say you do get all the way to phase four, and you're like, okay, we've already, you know, data's in the cloud, preparations to the cloud. We're gonna model. Tra- no, well, actually, let's just say uh, the opposite. Let's just say that the data is on premise, and we got to do the the training on premise. It's all like medical image data, and moving it to the cloud might be a regulatory headache. We have to basically do it on premise, and then you get all the way to phase four, and you're like, oh, we don't we don't actually have a way of training on premise because we have hardware problems, right? You know, there's a temptation at this point to say, well, then let's just push it all to the cloud because the, otherwise the project will, will stuck. But actually, there's, a, there's another way of doing this. Remember again, you CPMAI trained folks, you know how this works. What's the answer? You revisit your algorithm selection. What? 
Why do you need GPUs? Well, you need GPUs if you're using neural nets. You got because you can't really train any sort of reasonable amount of time on CPUs with with neural nets. But then, why are you using neural nets? Why do you need deep learning? Would a decision tree work better? Would a random forest work better? Support vector machine? Any of a number of non-deep learning solutions might work for you here. And this would be one of those points of of iteration to say: think big, start small, iterate often. If your first phase does not require you going whole hog into some deep learning neural net that you have to train yourself from scratch on GPUs you don't own, then you can go back and revisit your uh, algorithm selection. Or you can say, use a third-party model. You know, get that, get out of jail free card and say, I'm going to use a pre-trained model. I'm not going to spend a penny on model training because I'm just going to bypass model training and use a pre-trained model. Maybe I'll do, uh, you know, extend the model, do transfer learning. This is the permission you have as part of CPMEI. If you let IT dictate your process, they will say all cloud or all not on cloud, and you will not have a choice in the matter. But you, as practitioners who know the right approach, know what the right answer is, right? So Exactly. Anyway. And that's why it's really important. We're continuing to reiterate on that because as the manager of this project, you know what's best and you need to continue to advocate and push forward with that. And don't let other people kind of bully you into a certain direction. And then the project fails and you're like, well, told you so. Well, thanks for wasting everyone's time and money. <laughs> right? So another, another area we wanted to focus on is model inference and model operability operationalization in the cloud. So where is it going to be? And phase six of CPMAI is model operationalization. So here we're fit, we're saying, okay, where is this model going to live? Is it going to live on the cloud? Is it going to live somewhere else? Make sure that you are addressing that because not all models, you know, we, we talked about unlocking your phone. Well, maybe you've trained that model on the cloud, but then when you actually put that model into production, it's going to be on an edge device on a phone. Uh, really important to understand here. So it's not an all or nothing. Exactly. And, and you have some, we have some variability. There's of course cost considerations because when you're, when, when your model is doing inference in the cloud, you're paying for it every single time. Right. Um, you know, but you know, there's, there's lots of different things you need to consider with, with putting the model in the cloud and running it that way. Of course, access issues, you know, is, is the data that the model needs also in the cloud. I mean, it, you know, there are all these things you need to consider. That's why in a methodology, you ask the questions and you actually ask that question way back in phase two, before you get to phase six, you don't deploy a model and then ask that question late. That's why it's a methodology. You ask the question at the right time. And if you remember from earlier in this podcast, we said, where's the training data? Where's the inference data? And what additional data do you need? So the other thing that we do in phase six, we have to iterate the model because models don't stand still because data doesn't stand still and the world doesn't stand still. So therefore life keeps changing, models keep changing. So how am I gonna keep this model up to date? Do I do my model operationalization in the cloud? Do I do my model operationalization locally? Um, how do I uh, do things like measure, continue to measure the, the, the model performance, model valuation, KPI stuff, right? Am I going to keep pushing stuff into and out of the cloud for this? Maybe doing the model operationalization on-premise makes a lot of sense, even if the model's on the cloud, because I could be like, well, I'm going to track the model performance locally. I'm not going to, you know, Im impose all this extra cost here, you know, or maybe there's some issues with the cloud. Maybe I have a hybrid cloud strategy or multiple cloud strategy, right? And I'm running the model in multiple cloud environments. Therefore, I can't operationally manage that model in one place. I have to manage it in multiple places. 
These are really practical questions that you would know to ask because you've been through our CPMI certification and you know that you asked them the right question. And again, you don't let your IT folks tell you this. You go back to IT and say, here's how I need to manage these models. And of course, the big punchline for all this is that AI and the cloud are completely separate and independent decisions made completely separately from each other. They are not dependent on each other. Your cloud decisions do not uh, therefore guide your AI decisions and your AI decisions don't guide your cloud decisions. They're kind of separate, but we need to make them work with each other, right? Exactly. Typically, you don't hear, oh, you know, my cloud team is going to also work on an AI project, right? They are independent and should be treated that way. So think about that as well when you're going into these projects. Because really what matters the most for AI, it's data. Data matters the most. Then where your model needs to exist matters next. But And so that's what we had talked about, right? I mean, data is the heart of AI. We continue to say that. So hopefully you really, uh, you know, that's ingratiated in you. That's really what's most important. Not necessarily, um, you know, are you on-prem or a cloud company? Then there's a few things that really don't matter. And it's important to point out because sometimes you can get stuck. You know, we talked, Ron mentioned earlier, change management can be really hard, changing that culture. Sticking with a single vendor is not really that important. And don't get stuck into doing this for a variety of different reasons. You know, we had, uh, don't, don't believe some of that vendor hype. Make sure you understand what it is that you're buying. And don't say, I need to be this single company name shop. You insert whatever company name that is, because that's what management is saying that you need to do. Also, don't think that you need to move everything to the cloud. That can actually be very harmful. Don't think of it as all on-prem or on cloud. We've talked about this hybrid approach. Many organizations are doing that. That could be very important you know, for your organization as well. Maybe that is the right approach rather than uh, all in on, on-prem or all in on the cloud. So make sure that you are understanding what that really means and the impacts of it. Yeah. And we understand there's pressures, there's economic pressures. I think the folks in IT are feeling the pressure of, we don't want to be running servers anymore. We don't want to be managing them. I don't want to have a team supporting it. I don't want to have a team handling, getting a phone call. To, I think, honestly, a lot of it comes down to, I don't want a phone call a call at two o'clock in the morning telling me that the server is down. <laughs> let, let someone else get that phone call and let that be a cloud vendor. And we're happy to basically pay for that convenience of not having to worry if my toilet's clogged or if the lawn has been mowed or you know, if, if the roof needs a replacement. That's why I'm renting, right? That, that's honestly, a lot of people who like to rent know that they're paying more. It's like, if you just go right after cloud people or on-premise people with a purely economic argument, it's not that they don't know that on-premise may be more expensive in the short term, maybe cheaper in the long term. On, uh, you know, the cloud might be cheaper in the short term, more expensive in the long term. That that's not the argument. The, the arguments have to do with issues of control and variability, and even inconvenience. As I mentioned, you know, maybe someone's like just tired of getting phone calls and dealing with security issues and software patches, and, you know, and backup issues, and just like get all that headache away 
rent and lease and don't be dealing with it. But the truth of the matter is, is that you can't have an implementation-centric perspective on AI. You can't have a cloud-centric perspective in AI. You can't have an on-demand-centric perspective AI. Those are, are, AI does not care, right? There's only one valid perspective on AI, and that's a data-centric perspective on AI, because everything else is, it depends. Sometimes your models need to be instantiated on an edge device. Sometimes they need to be trained in the cloud. Sometimes your data preparation needs to be handled locally. Sometimes your data preparation needs to be in the cloud. Sometimes the model ops needs to be here and there and everywhere. And unfortunately, if you let IT and infrastructure people take control of your AI initiatives, you lose control of your AI projects, right? And and, um, the companies and organizations that have been the most successful basically try to not isolate the groups, but try to make these decisions not dependent on each other. And unfortunately, we have heard from some of you where the IT infrastructure group has basically taken ownership of anything that runs on the infrastructure and basically guided to say, no, you will not run or you will not continue to do your AI project until we are complete with our cloud project. And you know what the CPMA methodology is going to tell you? Think big, start small, and iterate often. And this is what you need to do. You need to basically get your team on the page and say, we need to be equal partners in this conversation, equal partners, because we have projects that we need. Our AI needs to be implemented. We're trying to solve some real problems now. We will not wait until some grand cloud transformation because it's not even all going to be on the cloud anyways. Likewise, this is not about fighting a battle between uh, internal on-premise people (laughs) and uh, cloud people and being caught in the crossfire. It's all about, you know what, we're going to do a little bit of AI with you. We're going to do a little bit of AI with you and we're going to be successful the whole way through, right? That is- Kind of rhymed a little bit there, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know Ron. Ron's in a rhyming mood, um, but also, I mean, if you think about it, if you do have plans to move your data to the cloud, and you say, "All right, well, until we get this squared away, and we've made a decision versus on-prem, ver- you know, versus on cloud, and it's this all-or-nothing approach, we can't do anything else." with this data. So that means we can't have any AI projects going on while we have this argument and while we have this decision. Um, you know, that that probably is going to not be the best approach. So make sure that you understand what it means on the, the cloud versus on-prem, the techn- technological definition that we gave, the economic definition and impacts of that, and then how AI can and should be separate from whether or not your data is on cloud, on-prem, or a hybrid approach. And, you know, we really have enjoyed talking about this. I know that we can talk for many more uh, episodes on this. So please continue to reach out. I mean, we really do love to hear from our listeners. We tell you that all the time. You have been great about reaching out. Thank you so much. Continue to engage with us. We do have some upcoming webinars as well. Uh, This is our opportunity to really have two-way conversations with our listeners rather than these one-way podcasts. So if you're interested, you can go to aitoday.live slash cpmai. 
We will have an upcoming intro to CPMAI, uh, the Cognitive Project Management for AI methodology. These will be on a rolling basis. So no matter when you hear this podcast episode, please check that out. And we will have upcoming webinars that you can register for. Really get to engage with you, um, you know, live while the webinar is going on. We also have one on automation. So AI Today dot live slash automation. And that will will continue in our, uh, you know, automation to AI journey and where, where we are, you know, talk about different topics related to that. We'd love to hear where you are at your organization on this as well. So please do make sure to register for some of those uh, upcoming webinars. Yeah. And I just want to add, add one final word on this cloud topic. And we're glad that you stuck with us one with this here. And that is that, uh, this cloud movement is a major, major movement, uh, you know, in IT in general, right? So I don't want to downplay like the 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 significance, especially in major organizations, large enterprises, as well as government agencies that are making these big billion dollar commitments to uh, to the cloud, right? We've heard about, of course, the DOD Department, the U.S. Department of Defense, like ten billion dollar. Commitment. So clearly, clearly, this is a major sort of change, right? In, in the, um, you know, sort of in the landscape, and it's very hard, especially for many of you who are AI folks and project managers. You can't pitch a battle against the cloud. I just want to point this out: like you cannot pitch a battle and try to fight the cloud. It's just that that's a that's a losing proposition. You got to fight the right battles. So, so what we tell people is that you have to be successful regardless, and your organization has to be successful regardless of the extent to which you are investing in cloud, multi-cloud, hybrid, whatever, right? And you know what we're going to tell you, and that is that the way to be successful is to not have all of your eggs in a technology basket. So if you can't put all of your eggs in a particular technology basket, whether it's a single vendor or a cloud or whatever, and you can't also put all your eggs in the people basket, you don't know who you're going to be working with. You may be working with a culture that's sympathetic to AI. You may be working in a culture that is not interested in what you have to say and is just charging ahead on some sort of plan. So if you can't depend on technology and you can't depend on people, what is that third leg of that stool? You know what the answer is. It's methodology and process. Doing things the right way. So you could say, I make whatever technology choices you need to make. I'll work with whatever people I need to work but I know that I'm doing this the right way. So I will succeed regardless of the technology and regardless of the people. That is methodology. That is why CPMEI, the certification on cognitive project management for AI certification is the fastest growing certification for AI project management and even advanced data projects that are not even doing AI. There's a lot to be learned from it. So uh, truly, I know we have something we're pushing here and it's very important, but there's a reason why we're pushing it. We want you, our audience, to be successful. As Kathleen mentioned, come to one of our webinars, learn more, interact with us, ask us questions, prod us. We're happy to, to get pointed questions, or go to cognolitica.com slash CPMAI, learn more about CPMAI, and, um, and you know, hopefully, you know, be part of the movement of doing things right. Exactly. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Again, continue to reach out to us if there's additional areas and topics that you want us to dive into. If you 
like to be notified of all of our upcoming episodes, make sure to subscribe to AI Today and also make sure to rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. We do like to uh, you know, read those. We love five-star reviews if you can give that to us. Um, and we, we really do like engaging with you. So we continue to look forward to hearing from all of our listeners and you know, really share and discuss and dig deeper into topics that you care about. So with that, we do hope you'll register for some of the upcoming webinars that I shared. And we also hope that you will catch us on additional episodes as well. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group. And make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. Bye.